Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hi, everybody. Rick Barry here with my sidekick. That's right, the surf man himself, Ira Satchis. <laughs> and we've been gone for quite some time. A lot has been going on in the world of basketball with a newly crowned champion in the Los Angeles Lakers, tying the Celtics with 17 titles. And, <laughs> of course, LeBron James, three teams for championships that he's played on, MVPs. I mean, pretty remarkable. So, mm -hmm. uh, Cyrus, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We do. A lot of things to go into today, but you, you just – you have to marvel at what LeBron has accomplished, really. Um, it's it, it's pretty special, pretty spectacular, and he played exceptionally well. I mean, Davis got off to a great start um, and wound up, what, to get first 30-plus games in his first two games. And, and as I told you before, I found out more things that I had done that. I had no idea I had done that. I'm one of He's one of five guys that had done that in his first two uh, NBA Finals games, actually 30-plus yes. points. And uh, so it's been really – it's a, kind of been a revelation for me over the last several years with all the statistical stuff that comes out to find out the things that I did that I had no clue about. But uh, congratulations. It is funny, Rick, that when you watch all these all this content, whether it's the NBA Finals, whether it was the last dance, you show up in a lot of these graphics and records. Yeah, yeah I know, and I see this stuff, but I had – seriously, I just played. You know what? That was That was not a big thing back in those days, and now all of a sudden everything comes out. And it, it's kind of fun to see it, actually, to realize that I did some of the things that I did that I had no idea I did. So that's it's kind of ironic in that regard. But it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's a great, yeah. great accomplishment, though, on the part. I mean, and then, you know, Davis struggled a little bit. I think he tweaked his ankle some. But uh, LeBron was was pretty special and uh, actually shot the ball exceptionally well for him. Um, and just a great accomplishment. It really was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was uh, very impressed with what they did. I had no doubt they were going to win, to be honest with you. I was surprised it took them six games to do it. But, you know, thanks to Jimmy Butler, who had just two remarkable games for, yes. for Miami. I mean, just outstanding. Rick, when you watch the NBA Finals, and more specifically when you watch Jimmy Butler succeed, is, a, is at least for me, a huge part of my brain always goes back to the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that had them, a team that I believe could have kept them. And often instead to let him go so they could sign Al Horford and who, who knows who else. I mean, talk about the great regrets. And in the end, they fire Brett Brown and they keep uh, uh, Elton Brand as the GM when I feel like it should have been reversed or at least both of them should have gone. But that's what I always think of because they had him and they just blew it. Well, <laughs> here's crazy. the situation. Well, but, but this happens so often, Cyrus. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's a matter of understanding your talent and recognizing their skill level but giving them the chance to play the way they're capable of playing. Right. All right, time to take a quick break to talk to you about one of our official sponsors, betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action. I love betonline.ag. I came out of the NBA playoffs ahead. I'm going to brag about that. For those of you that love to bet on sports, it's betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. 
and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. And sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. It took Eric Spolster to realize that he could allow Jimmy Butler to do the things that he was doing on the court. I mean, a lot of times you're restricted by the way that the coach wants the team to play, the offense that's put in, and you see it happen all the time. I go way back into the one person I talk about all the time. And it goes back that a lot of people listening may not even remember who the heck it is by a guy by the name of Dale Ellis. And, you know, he was, he was with the Dallas Mavericks and didn't get to do all that much and got traded to the Seattle Supersonics and finally got turned loose and let the play. It was like one of the top three-point shooters in the game, made all-star teams. Because why? Because he finally got a chance to play. They let him play. I mean, I look at that stuff, and I'm sorry. I do it all the time. People get mad at me. I don't care. And this is, this is not just as a father, but as, as a man who knows basketball. It's kind of like my son Canyon and my son Brent. My son Brent never was really allowed to play the game the way he was able to play it. And, and the same thing with my son Canyon. He could do so many things, but doesn't get the chance to do it. And I, I just don't understand why, why people don't do a better job of recognizing their talent. I think that's your job. Evaluate your talent and utilize yeah. the talent in the best way possible. It's the same way with the Warriors. I mean, you know, nobody expected Steph Curry to be who he was, but what happened? They actually let him go. They gave him a chance to play the way he's capable of playing. Right. So, anyway, that's you know, <laughs> there. But, but Butler was remarkable. I mean, yeah. it all on the line. And, it's, uh, yeah, it was special. It was very special to watch how he performed in that one 40-point game. I mean, he hardly – I don't even know if he shot a three-pointer, hardly ever did anything. But going to the basket, rebounding, and, you know, triple doubles, getting the assists. Uh, who, LeBron? No, I'm talking about Butler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was remarkable. It really yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, just you know, very special. I was, I was happy for him. Glad to see that. And uh, but I say, I still think that the Lakers to go six games with them, they, I mean, they gave the one game away. There's no way in the world when those two guys went down, you know, two of your starters go down. It's the old con job syndrome. Syndrome about with people before. Mm-hmm. No way that that team, no matter what the coach was saying to him about, we got to be ready just because they don't have it. They have nothing to lose. They can say all the stuff you want. They're going to come out and vote. Let's be ready to go in the players. Yeah, coach, right. There's no way that they're buying into that. I mean, can you honestly believe that that, that one player on the Los Angeles Laker team thought that they could possibly lose to the Miami Heat with two of their starters out? No. No. And that's what it comes down to. So much of sports and, and life in general is mentally. If you're not mentally prepared to stay mm-hmm. focused on what your job is, you can wind up losing. Simple. Very simple. Yeah. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. So, anyway. And, and I would like to thank Miami Heat for those of you that gamble out there. Uh, their, their record against the spread was remarkable. They covered the spread, I think, all but three games. So, thank you for to Miami for make me some money in these playoffs. They came out ahead. <laughs> well, I, I told you what, I would never bet a nickel on a, on a penny <laughs> on an NBA basketball game because I would say, <laughs> always expect the unexpected. Anything can happen. You just, you just never really know. I mean, you really never know. And I don't think anybody expected the game, you know, game number six, that it would be basically a blowout. Yeah. I mean, they were down 30. 
I think they were down 46 at one well, point. Well, I know early on they were down 30. It might have been. I yeah. didn't even look. I finally said, well, this is not even worth watching here. I think third, third quarter, late third quarter, was oh, 46. See, well, the first, so. Yeah, it was the first half. It was 30-something. I said, oh, this is over. Forget it. I mean, there's no way. But they still brought it back. I mean, I was watching the end because yeah, the, the only reason why – Yeah, but the only reason why I was still interested is because the Lakers were favored by five and a half. Uh, Miami did not cover that last game. I bet on the Lakers. And you saw that lead – dwindle at the end there well you were probably having some anxious moments there yes well because the, the previous game the previous game i lost because i bet on the lakers they were favored by i think uh six and a half and at the very end of the game the lakers were up nine and tyler hero hits that three with like virtually no time left to reduce the lead to six and i lost the bet because of that this this stuff happens all the time Stan, uh, uh scott van pelt with sports center i don't know if you ever watches uh his sports center program but he has this segment called bad beats which is where people lose gambling games on the most ridiculous end of game scenarios, and this was one. Of, this is one of them. Yeah, it's it happens. It's a whole other level of interest in sports, Rick. I always say if you really want to truly encapsulate the emotion of sports, bet on it because I guarantee you, you're going to be invested <laughs> in every single little play from beginning to end, and you will notice a lot of nuance that you normally wouldn't if you didn't have a financial investment in that game. Uh, it does, yeah. It does bring your focus uh, a little bit more, you know, right? Like razor sharp. Uh, I mean, yep. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like when you bet on a horse, and a horse would come on, yes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no. It's when you have uh, when you have some skin in the game. It yep. It definitely makes a big difference. There's no it question changes about everything. it. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons. Another one of the reasons why I don't want to do it because if I I don't like betting on things I don't have some semblance of control over. Yeah, I hear you. you know. it, it's 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 it is part of the excitement, though, right? I suppose that's why the, the addicts, I think they live for that that uh, that adrenaline rush of potentially losing your entire bank account. I'm I'm obviously not at that level, nowhere near. I bet like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a game, but yeah, I mean the, the rush is is a huge part of it. And but any sensible person, any logical person, would probably stay away because it's completely uncontrolled. It's you have no control over it at all. I know, and you so, just live and live and die with everything that's going on. It's kind of like when, when I play golf. At times when I was into golf, I'm not into it that much now. But uh, it's somebody wanted to play, and they say they wanted to bet. I said, wait a second. I'm out here to do it. If we really <laughs> want to try to have a good time, if we're going to bet on it, it's changing everything. All of a sudden, the, the dynamic changes dramatically because I got money on the line here. So all of a sudden, I'm going to get super serious, and it's not like <laughs> I'm going to go out. And yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's bad enough like we're playing pickleball. Okay, I play pickleball all the time. You know, that's right. one of my passions right now. And so we went out the other you know, a week, a couple of weeks ago, whatever. Is one of the guys says, "Oh yeah, I'm a full player. Well, let's put some money on it." I said, "Seriously?" I mean, it was only like five bucks. I said, "Well, how much you want to bet?" So, well, it was a whole different thing. When I went out to the play and I got five dollars on the line, it's a different, it's a whole different mindset for me. Whole different, yes. You suddenly care. Well, I, I always care. no, no. Five stars. I always care. Or maybe that I, it's much just, more. It's just a matter. I more. care that yeah. much more. <laughs> it, yeah. It just takes it up to a whole new level. You know, it's like kind of playing a regular season game as opposed to a playoff game. <laughs> you know, Rick, I wanted to ask you. Uh, going back to you mentioned Anthony Davis uh, mm -hmm. scoring thirty points his first two NBA Finals games, become becoming a, one of only five players to do so, joining you, Michael Jordan. I think there were two others. Evan when Durant I, when I, and Hal Greer. Oh, there you go. So when. In the history of your career, I think most Warriors fans are very familiar with your 75 team. You won the championship. But 
That was your second NBA Finals appearance. A lot of people don't, aren't familiar with your first one, and I believe 1967. What was that like? I mean, like, like you played with some amazing players. I believe you played the Celtics in the Finals. Uh, tell us about the whole experience. Well, the first one was remarkable. I mean, it's, it's my second year in the league. I mean, I led the league in scoring, and uh, we're playing against a team that a lot of people consider one of the greatest teams. I mean, if you had to pick the three top teams ever, a lot of people mm -hmm. would pick that Sixers team. It was an amazing team with the talent they had. And it came with, you know, came down to a couple of pick and roll plays with Nate Thurman and myself up against Will Chamberlain. Had they gone our way instead of theirs, we could easily have won in six games. But the thing to me that the thing that I learned from there, well, well, the one thing that was the biggest disappointment was I played the entire series with an ankle. I probably shouldn't even have played. Okay. Today they might, I, I don't think they would have let me play today because of all the money involved. If they were paying me, you know, $40 million a year. Right. For, I don't think they would have let me play. I had an ankle was so bad. I had to get it shot up before the game and at halftime to play. I, I don't think they would let me do it. I was crazy to do it. I'm lucky I didn't destroy my entire career by doing something dramatic uh, as far as injuring it further and doing something that was irreparable. I mean, it couldn't have been repaired. I was lucky. I was really lucky. I didn't get, I couldn't, I couldn't practice. Uh, and, and, and I, and I averaged over 40 points a game. So it, I would love to have been able to have to play that series over again with, you know, being healthy. I wasn't healthy. I mean, I had a really bad ankle and, but I, what I learned from it for, which helped me in the next opportunity that I had, uh, which was quite a few years later in the, the NBA, was that you have to really control your emotion. You, you can't get so worked up over it and so hyped because you drain your energy. And, and so I, I, I learned to try not to allow that to happen so I could stay focused but not get overly amped up about mm -hmm. it. And, and I think that that helped me a lot. And then having the experience of having been there before was great. We didn't have many players on our team that ever had that experience. And we had, in fact, we had none. And so that was very helpful, but it was, it's a remarkable experience. I, I, I have to say it. I mean, envy is not a good thing to have when they have, you know, it's one of those, some deadly sins envy uh, is that I, I envy guys like <laughs> LeBron and these other guys who had a chance to be on such great teams to play in so many finals and have a chance to play in that many important games. I love that. I mean, I absolutely loved it. And it would have been so great to have the chance to do that. So I was so disappointed the next year when we got knocked out of the lost in the seventh game of the finals in the Western mm. conference. I mean, that was such a disappointment to me. It still haunts me to this day. Uh, I loved it. As I told people many times, if I could control everything, I probably and can do everything over again and be where I am today again with the family I have and my my other son and, and and my incredible wife. I would, I would like to have stayed in the NBA, but I would like to have had every game I played in come down to the last to the last ten seconds, uh huh, the line, and put the ball in my hand. And your audio keeps switching like that. That is weird. I don't know yeah, my my audio my audio is jumping in and out for some crazy reason. Well, it's switching. The input keeps switching in the middle of your your speech. I don't know why it's yeah. doing that, but whatever. It's fine. I, it I sounds good. Anyway. But anyway, the bottom yeah. line is, I just want to have. I just would. I I would love. I would relish that. I I I live for those opportunities. And why? Because it's the same thing I talk to people about. When you know, what do you need to have to really be successful? You have to have great confidence in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. that you can do what it is you're being asked to do. I don't care what your line of work is, what, you know, the profession, whatever it may be, you, 
you're called upon to perform sometimes in critical situations. Those critical situations, and I feel like a broken record because I've said this so many times over the years, that pressure doesn't exist unless you allow it to exist because you allow it to exist when you have a lack of confidence in your ability to do what it is you're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. And I had great confidence in myself. Now, I wasn't always successful, obviously, but I believe that was going to be. And then you try to learn from those experiences and the mistakes that you might have made and you try not to make them over and over again. But that's, I, I live for that. It was absolutely, it, it's just great, <coughs> great to experience that. Nice. I agree. <laughs> it sounds amazing. I, I wish I could experience that. The benefits of being a former legendary Hall of Fame basketball player. So do you want to get into it for the Warriors? What, what, what we're looking at for the offseason now? Um, it well, is let's, weird. Let's take a look. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities out here for them. They, I mean, seriously, they have a lot of decisions to make. There's they a do. lot of players out there who could conceivably, uh, you know, could be become warriors who could help them. Um, so they have to make some serious decisions. They really truly do. But man, there's some players out there that, that may be available. Um, uh, and let's go over them. Why don't you go name them and let's talk a little bit about them and see what you think about them, see what I think about them, and uh, we'll go from there. But there's, I love there's it. a lot more than I expected, you know? Well, first of all, to me, it's weird that obviously the whole world is bizarre right now. But this at this point in time, normally, this would be when training camps were in session, preseason basketball was about to get underway, and then the NBA season would have started the beginning of November. Instead, we just saw the end of the NBA Finals, and I'm, I'm having basketball withdrawals right now. I can't believe we have to wait until possibly January for this to resume, but all indications are free agency is going to start on December 1st. That's what The Athletic, at least, is, is reporting. I wanted to first tackle uh, with you um, the, the current Warriors roster, and if they want to be championship contenders next year, and the odds makers are placing them anywhere from 4th to 6th in terms of being favorites, and that's what the current roster they have. Uh, certain players just are not going to fit if you want to have a championship-level roster. And, and I'm, and I'm going to throw a few names out to you, and you tell me if you think they should stay or they should go. Uh, Kai Bowman. Well, I, here's the thing. The, the critical element is is not going to be those people. I mean, yeah, you got to have some people on your bench. you got to go at least, I think, nine or ten deep so that you can bring some people in to do it. The bench is a critical element to it. But it's going to be what are they going to do as far as their draft picks? You know, the two, I mean, the two opportunities that they have, they, they have, they have the, what, the mid-level exception, and then they've got yes. the, the, the draft pick. So what are they going to do with that? I, I, to me, I don't, there's no one out there in the draft that I think is the surefire star player in the NBA. That's going to be somebody that can help carry your team and be someone you can build around. I just don't see anybody right. out there like that. So without that, why would you not want to give up your second round draft pick to bring in somebody to add to a nucleus that you have of the three main guys who were champions before, before KD showed up and then surround them with some other people, because there's a lot of people out there right now that I think would be great additions to this team as far as getting them a chance to be a champion again. And I, I, you know, let, let's go over some of the free agent people that they were talking about who are out yeah. there. I, well, before we, before we do that, Rick, I think that the most, the juiciest rumor, and this could lead directly to the Warriors making a huge splash, and, and this could lead to everything, is that this individual named Rashad Phillips, and I've never heard of him until the story came out. Uh, apparently, he had a, a fairly successful college career, played briefly on various pro teams, none at the NBA level, but just below. 
in the former former incarnation of the G League back when they called it the CBA. I can't remember what they called him for the G League. But uh, his name is Rashad Phillips, and he's a, he has a verified Twitter account. He runs a website named sportstalk2319.com, whatever that means. He tweeted and reported, like fact, that Doc Rivers, the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, has a vested interest in acquiring the number one pick in the draft so that he could draft LaMelo Ball. His dream point guard in Philly is LaMelo Ball, and he wants him and Joel Embiid supposedly to team up, and he is willing to trade Ben Simmons to acquire LaMelo Ball. So this puts the, the ball in the Minnesota court because they have the number one pick. And, and all speculation right now is that Anthony Edwards is the player they're likely going to draft because he seems like he'll be a good fit in the backcourt alongside D'Angelo Russell. Um, so if, if Minnesota decides they want to keep that pick and they want to draft Anthony Edwards, then the Warriors suddenly have all the leverage to acquire Ben Simmons. I would love that pick. I know we talked about him earlier, and this was before they acquired Andrew Wiggins. So, so the dynamic has shifted slightly. The paradigm is no longer the same, but a starting five where Ben Simmons hypothetically is your starting center or power forward. What do you think? Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Ben Simmons is not a three-point threat, okay? No. And, and, and I just think having someone who is a three-point threat to keep the, 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 the uh, floor spread and to do the kind of moving and cutting and everything that they do, I, I think that's a, a valuable – a player who has the ability to do that is more valuable in that regard. And, and I like Simmons, and Simmons is much more effective when he has the ball in his hands. I mean, he can do some really amazing things. He can pass. He can do a lot of things, but he doesn't. He doesn't pose a threat. I mean, if I were coaching against Simmons, I would force him out and just drop off him and say, "You can shoot the ball all day if you like." <laughs> I mean, seriously, unless he works his butt off, and and has been working his butt off since they've been eliminated to go ahead and perfect that. Now, a lot of players have really done that. There's a lot of players who've all of a sudden become some pretty impressive three-point shooters. A lot of big guys have done that. Right. And, and, and I think having a big, a big who can do that, man, easier said than done though, Rick, easier said than done guys to go to the basket. I mean, it even, it even makes Draymond more effective because Draymond can get to the basket. You don't really want three point shots. And then the moving and the cutting and the passing, it just makes it hard for a team to defend you when, when you have players that can spread the floor. So Mm -hmm. as much as I love Simmons, I don't know if he's a really great fit for the Warriors, to be honest with you. Well, I really I, don't. I mean, I guess you're in life. We're limited by our options. So if not Simmons, would you rather have Anthony Edwards if he's available in the draft? I mean, I don't think he's a great shooter yet, but he seems to be the most surefire draft pick of everyone available. Yeah, but the thing is, is how long is it going to take him to get to the point where he can really be a real factor in winning a championship, as we've talked about before? You have three guys that can't wait two or three years for them to be at their best and still win a game. Mm-hmm. They're getting older. And we don't know what Clay's going to be like. We're hoping he's going to come back and, and, and be at the same level he was before. But in order to win, you've got to do that. These next three years, you've got to take advantage of these three guys that you have together because they're, they're at a point in their career where they're going to be able to perform at a very, very high level. And so if you bring in a draft pick and everything really can't help you that much, what good has it done you, especially if he's not someone that you're going to be able to be, be one of your key elements for the future and can kind of build around them? Right. And I don't see building around Edwards. Now, maybe he'll get better and do stuff, but I think right now I don't see that. 
So here are the here are the prime free agents available, and some of these could fit exactly the the prototypical player you're, you're talking about for the Warriors. Uh, Serge Ibaka is available. I love Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I've always liked Serge Ibaka. He's got some size. He can block shots. He can rebound. He's a good defender, and he's and he's shooting the threes at a crazy rate. He is that corner three, especially. I mean, what about so, Jay Crowder? Yeah, I like Serge. I've got guys that are there, and I've seen the things of Crowder and some of the other ones. And here's the reason I go with Crowder with over some of the other guys that they have listed in all age. Age. Yeah, he's this is 30. age. He's 30. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm, I'm talking about for Abaka, you know, Abaka over some of the other guys that are older guys. Some of them 33, 34. Serge is only 31. He's still yeah. in his prime. Uh, physically, he, he, I mean, so he's got he's got at least a good, you know, at, at least three or four more years that he could play at a high level. And and I just like his overall game. I mean, he just brings a lot to the table. Some of these other guys are kind of streaky. They're a little older. I, I don't know if I if I had to pick out of the list that was that that I looked at, uh, that would he would be the guy that I would like. Okay, I would like um, Serge Ibaka. Derek Favors is a is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Quality big man doesn't shoot the three that well, I don't think. But yeah, right. That's what I'm saying about Serge. I mean, he's yeah, he, he's got he's got everything you can ask for, really. I mean, he can pull out and take the shot from outside to you know, lengthen the floor. He's tough. He can go inside. He's good plays. He can block some shots. He's a rebounder. You know, I I just I just think he brings a lot. He would bring a lot to the table and just give the uh, give the Warriors a lot more uh, versatility and 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 provide someone in a position where they need some help. So there's a rumor that Rockets own new, the relatively new Rockets owner uh, Tillman Fertitta um, is is sort of a miser. He's kind of cheap. That's a rumor. And and so given that the, the Rockets are no longer title contenders, uh, there's a, there's speculation that Robert Covington is going to be available. Uh, the Warriors have that 17.2 million dollar trade exception. They might be able to throw in something else. What do you think about Covington coming to the Warriors if he's available? Uh, yeah, yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be bad. I mean, it, but if I had to take the two between him and Abaka, I would take Abaka because of experience. Right. Should the Warriors pursue a player like a Marcus Smart or like a Drew Holiday? They're shorter, but they play defense. No, I think they need some size. Okay. I mean, I'm really, with you. I, 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 I just, I think they need some size. So anyway, it's I, I'm really. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Bob comes up with and what decisions that the team makes in regard to this situation that exists right now. And there's there's a a, a lot of different players who or, who would fit into the mid level exception. I got some uh, more. I got yeah, some I, more for go, you. Well, go ahead, throw them out there. So I mean, so one I, so one juicy one. I would personally love this, but there's there's rumors he wants to go back to Spain. Is uh, Marcus All. Uh, he is turning 35, but he's a 40% three-point shooter. He's got the championship experience. Big man, plays D. I would love him, personally. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, I take Ibaka over him. Ibaka okay, well, okay, okay. Let's go with the hypothetical that Ibaka decides he wants to stay okay. in Toronto. Or he's too well, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset with the Gasol to do it because you could get a couple years out of him where these guys yeah. are still young enough. He's got the experience. I do love it because he can pass the basketball. And the way the Warriors play, uh, that would fit really well yeah. you know, with him, with the offensive style that the Warriors play. Uh, he could do some really good things because the way the guys cut, pass, and move, I mean, he would make the nice passes to the guys getting open. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a, an issue with that. 
<laughs> and I could, I could just picture him setting perfect screens for this team. Another name that, that well, let me, uh, let me, let me, yeah, let me correct it. Okay, you don't set screens in basketball. Because, oh, I'm sorry. Know, no, I'm serious. I got to get into this because I hear it. I hear it so much. I even hear Jeff Van Gundy say, "Well, he didn't set a very good screen." I don't understand. You're a coach. You do it. A player never sets a screen. A player is as a stationary object. Okay, <laughs> and the only way he becomes a screener is if he has a teammate who's smart enough and knows how to set his man up and runs his man into him, thereby making him a screener. Okay. Because you say set a screen. That doesn't imply you have to do something. You don't do anything. You just stand there. Well, and I guess you a, could say. A, <laughs> no, and, and what, a good, what a good player does is somebody who is going to be good at becoming a screener, which the proper terminology is, is someone who knows how to put himself in the best position possible so that he can become a screener and make it easier for his teammates. But nobody ever talks about it when they're doing broadcasting about the fact that the player who is being guarded, who you want to get him screen on your, uh, screened off on your teammate, you have to set him up properly, and most players don't do that. Well, I can run a clinic. That's a good one. Put that up there. That's our drive me crazy for this show. It does. It drives me absolutely worse than crazy. It drives me insane. Insane. I think that word is is used because they're uh, they're set in position for the screen, but I I hear what you're saying. No, he, but no, he's, he didn't set a very good screen. No, his teammate didn't do a good job of running his man into him. That's what happened. Come on, uh, well, okay. I mean. Here's another name that I love. I've wanted this player in the Warriors since he basically came out of college and he's available as a free agent. He's older now, but he's still got some good years left in him, and that's Paul Millsap. What do you think yeah, about again, him? It's the age. Well, we're saying if Serge Ibaka is not available. Yes. Uh, yeah, and he's improved the shooting, no question about it, and he does some good stuff. But then again, how many years are you going to get out of him? You know, one, a couple two, years. Yeah, one or and two. If you, but... if you could get one or two out of him, I mean, he, he could be someone that would – well, let's just say he would be better than what they've got. <laughs> Yes, that is true. Okay, no, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to simplify this. Yeah, uh, there's a very strong possibility the Warriors are going to bring back Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks. Uh, they were traded away uh, for salary cap reasons. Uh, clearly, they're not answers. Um, and then, and then uh, Kent Bazemore is an option as well. Uh, he's a swing guy, not a big man. Um, but again, options are limited. I still personally, you, despite the fact that he doesn't bring three-point shooting, I still believe strongly Ben Simmons is available you take him. I think that versatility brings offensively, and he's a great defender. He's six eleven. Well, here's the um, thing about him is, is that you know, I mean, this is someone that you know can learn how to become a better shooter. And for the yes. future, you got a young big guy who is a very unique talent. So you know, from that regard, yeah, I mean, so great. And then maybe what you do is you go find somebody else with a mid level or something to be able to bring another guy in who can shoot. Well, speaking of the mid-level, I, mean, I would I would never want to turn down Ben Simmons. I'd love to get my hands on Ben exactly. Simmons. Exactly. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I, I think if that's a realistic possibility, you do not hesitate at all, and you pull the trigger on that. Um, oh, my list is gone. I had a list here of 11 players the Warriors could pursue for the mid-level exception. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that again. My link died. Damn you, NBC Sports. So, by the way, uh, uh, well, so tell us about your trip. We, we haven't had a podcast in a few weeks. You're, I believe, on a bike trip in Utah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I, went with my, I went with my wife on a trip to uh, – we were actually trying to go see the leaves changing up in uh, Vermont, and we've been planning to do that. Couldn't go last year. Something interfered with it. And then uh, the COVID situation, because the, the wonderful governor of, of Vermont put in a 14-day mm -hmm. quarantine and stuff and destroyed the entire – 
uh, industry of people wanting to come in to go and watch the leaves changing and was killing everybody's business. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so we, we looked at the people who were doing it, sojourn trips, sojourn bike trips, and uh, they had another one at the same time over in Utah. And we talked to some people about it. I had never, I really didn't even know about Zion and, and Bryce Canyon national parks, yeah. some of the stuff they have. And I, I would highly recommend anybody, if you have the opportunity, whether you're going to go on a bike trip or not, just go there to see it. It's absolutely mm-hmm. awe-inspiring. It's it's so incredible, uh, amazing. It's just amazing. And they have trails that you can do some hiking in and get down into the canyons and the diversity of the ge- you know the geological formations with the rocks and everything it's else. A and the, it's it's an a, it really marvel. is unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. And both of them and the two of them are so different totally different and and uh, you know definitely worth worth the trip and you know and i just i enjoyed it and the beauty of it is is you know you could ride as much or little as you want i think the most i rode any one day was like maybe 40 something miles i'm not going to go out there to prove anything or kill myself but it's a great little workout <laughs> you burn your calories and you stayed in nice places and got to see just some absolutely spectacular sights and and part of our country i had no idea it i, I it's, it was beautiful absolutely beautiful stunning it, I agree. I, I've been to Arches National Park, which is north of there in Utah, and the Grand Canyon, obviously, south. So everything you're talking about is sandwiched in between those two places in southern Utah. Right. Beautiful. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. I've, been to, I've been to the Grand Canyon. It's kind of like in the Grand Canyon. We, f- we floated there. And in fact, actually, floated kinda, there. What do you, we floated? Well, we did, what do you yeah, we did, the, we did the raft trip down the rapids. That's unbelievable. I would highly recommend that wow. as well. That was incredible. In fact, actually, when uh, my son Canyon, when my wife thought that she was pregnant, and that's why he came up with the name Canyon, we were in the Grand Canyon doing rafting down the Grand Canyon, down the Colorado uh, River, when, uh, huh. when that happened. And but every every when you went out, every bend you went around was like another picture postcard. It's kind of the same way up there. When you get in, up in there, you go and you see there's just so many different views and pictures and stuff. It's it really is it's inspiring. It really is inspiring. It is. I agree. Well, so I found the list of a uh, potential restricted free. I'm not restricted free agents, but uh, players the Warriors could acquire with the mid level exception that they also have. Um, uh, list courtesy again of NBC Sports. Uh, Derek Sarich. I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly with the Suns. Uh, former first round pick. Um, he's still fairly young. 35% three-point shooter, uh, averages over 10 points and six rebounds. Um, your lack of response tells me no excitement. Fair enough. Well, what well, about no, tri- no, 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 no. I'm not saying no excitement. I'm saying if you yeah. can get some of these guys and make some moves to do something and you know, let some other people go and strengthen your bench so that you, you can go deep with guys that can get right. the job done, I have no problem with that. What about a Trevor Ariza? Eh, that, that doesn't overexcite me. <laughs> um, what about uh, Mo Harkless? No. Okay. Uh, Davis Bertans. Don't really know him that well. Okay. And then the last one on this list uh, is a- that we haven't covered already is Avery Bradley, who uh, I wonder if he has regrets deciding not to play with the Lakers. Yeah, well, I would think you might want to have some. You decided not to play with the team that became a champion. I, mean, yeah, I, would, hope, I, I would hope he would have some regrets. <laughs> he might where, where do you rank this lakers team like like do you really think this is this team ranks among the all-time greats or i mean they're a oh, champion you're not. never going to take of course that okay, not. thank you that's what i thought i don't either they look they have a, one of the greatest twosomes ever i mean that lebron anthony davis tandem that is oh, tough yeah, yeah. to beat yeah yeah no i mean davis i've always liked davis and and of course everybody knows you know the greatness of lebron and you know, yeah 
That's a, you know, you know, one thing. All right, let's finish up what we're doing here because there's another area I wanted to get into and discuss. Yeah, with you. I'm done with all the lists. So if you, so yeah, no. Go, so we we got to figure it out. Let's get let's go. If we get if you can go ahead and get Ben Simmons, we already read something out that you know, Giannis is not going anywhere. That's he's saying he's not leaving or anything. So uh, I, I say I would say it would be difficult to pass. On, on a Ben Simmons because he's really a quality player. He could, you know, I mean, he could be turned into a bigger M- Magic Johnson kind of player. Actually, I mean, he could. Jeez, I mean, he, I, I, you know, he's 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 a special player, special talent, and and if you get the right people to do it, you can teach him how to shoot. I mean, okay, I mean, come mm-hmm. on, you know, Michael <laughs> Michael Jordan wasn't a great freaking shooter. I mean, you say, well, I'm not that bad mid range and all, but he can't shoot the three. Okay, well, then all of a sudden he became a three point shooter. I yeah. Mean, so, but, but Simmons does other things and, and has the size. I mean, wow. I mean, very special talent. So, Agreed. Yeah, if, we can, if we can get him, I say, you know, go for it. As much, and then if not, I, I would put him first and Serge Ibaka second. Hmm. Well, who, would you, well, who would you rather have between Simmons and Joel Embiid? There's a three-year difference in age. Yeah, me Simmons. too. Me too. I, I just, Embiid just seen the, the injuries and... I think just the Simmons with, without it, without a doubt. I mean, how many you just don't see? I mean, you never ever saw anybody like Magic Johnson come along. Well, now you got a bigger version, possibly of Magic Johnson. Yeah, who's who? Yeah, who's yeah, who's who's more athletic? <laughs> yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. And if they decide to keep the second pick, are you happy with James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards? It looks like it's gonna be one of those two. Yeah, but I'm not. I I say to me. It depend if you can get any some of the people we're talking about here. I don't know how you keep the second pick. Seriously, yeah. I I, I just I don't think you can put. You, I just no. There's nobody there that that impressed me so much. Like like I say, when I saw Kevin Durant in college, when I saw uh, my, when I saw LeBron James in high school, there. I mean, you know, there's uh, that's the kind of player. You, if you're picking one or two, you want somebody that's in that category. I mean, and, and so if you can get somebody else that you know what you're getting who's going to add to the three guys that you have and what you have there with some other tweaks, you can put yourself back into contention for winning a title. Some people are speculating, and, and, and we actually have someone uh, tweeted a question at us. Uh, the Twitter handle is at NoCap757. I uh, wanted to ask what your thoughts were on the Warriors uh, potentially trading the number two pick in Andrew Wiggins. And the first round pick next year they acquired from the Timberwolves for Bradley Beal. Would you do that? No, no. Is Beal too small? Is that why? Yeah, you really got people who can play that. Thank you. Can play that position. I mean, it's yeah. No, I mean, no. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna give up two picks. So what? What if it was just one? Or what if it was just the first round pick no. and not Wiggins? That's way too much to give up. Is he let's too just, small? Is that the issue? Yeah, with him? yeah. Let's focus. Let's focus on. Let's let's focus on trying to get get Simmons in or Baca. If they could do that, I'd be very happy with what the chances are for the Warriors. And then some other little tweaks that maybe they pick up somebody else, you know, in the mid level or whatever, uh, and some other guys that other team. I just. Yeah, that, that, that's where my head is. And, you know, it doesn't mean anything. I'm not making the decision. It's going to be up to Bob Myers and the organization to do that. And uh, I'm hoping that they, they make good choices because I think they can put themselves back in contention for a championship if they Easily. bring the right people in without any questions, provided that Steph and Draymond play at a high level and Clay is able to come back to where he was. Yeah. 
Clay looks good. I don't know if you saw the footage. Uh, the Warriors had a brief mini camp type situation where they brought some players in, and Clay showed up. He was dunking. I mean, he looked rusty in the sense of conditioning, um, but he, he looked good. He wasn't even wearing a knee brace. It was encouraging. I didn't realize Bradley Beal's only six three. He's not a yeah, big guy. I mean, no, that's I'm, not I'm, a large I'm, player. No, that's hmm. no, 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 no. And, and you know, plus, I mean, Steph can play stay healthy and all. I mean, he's going to be able to play for a number of years. So is Clay. I mean, certainly at least for they got another really good three years in him at least, and maybe more. And so same thing with uh, with with Draymond. And so then you bring somebody in like you know Serge at thirty one. I mean, these guys could be really good for the next three, four, five years. Right. You can even bring Iguodala back in theory. I mean, I think he's an unrestricted. Oh no, maybe it's one more year with Miami. I don't know. But um, all right, how's life? You doing life good? Is- yeah, considering the insanity that's going on in our world today, which I'm yeah. not going to get into because uh, <laughs> you and I are on opposite sides. It's all the, right. The, I think we could prove we could be civil despite not, you know. Oh, yeah, well, that's the person. problem is, is they can't even be civil. No. I mean, it's just it's to the point of, you know, you don't have to hate somebody but just because they have different you know thoughts about you about things. And I mean, but let's try to be civil. But no, it's it's crazy. I mean, what's going on? Uh, mm-hmm. Very sad. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I just hope that we don't destroy this country. I mean, <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's a great country. I love this country. But yeah, no, things are great. But the thing I learned to talk about that we didn't talk about is yeah, and it's been a big topic of discussion. And I've actually seen on some of the political shows and everything coming up and bringing about you know the NBA, you know, kowtowing to the Chinese and all the other stuff here. Why in the world can't we just keep politics and sports separate? I mean, and also you know, things for social media. Come on, let sports be sports. And when you get away from it and you're on your own as an athlete or whatever, you could do whatever the hell you want to do. You want to protest, you want to stand up for this, do it then, but don't do it while you're playing. I mean, while it's the game is going on, let the game be the game. It, just enjoy it for what you it can't is. handle the truth. Yeah, well, that's right. People can't handle me saying this, that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, look at the ratings. I am telling you, there are so many people that I have run into here over the last several months who, who, who are so fed up with football and football and basketball in particular mm-hmm. because of the positions and stands they're taking that have nothing to do with basketball. Okay. And, and people don't want to deal with that. I mean, basketball is it likes me. It's like, I love the movies is great escape for me. I love watching mm-hmm. the movies. It's an escape from reality. I don't really necessarily like to go and see the stories and all about what really happened in life. It's based on a true story because you know, you live your own life and you have your own true story to deal with. And you don't necessarily want to deal with that again. I want to go and be entertained and, and just escape. Okay. That's what I used to do when I, when I played and when I coached, in the afternoon of the game, you know, when I played, I took a nap usually. And sometimes I would maybe go and see an early movie. But when mm-hmm. I coached, I would go see a movie. Okay. And it just because I wanted to just get away from it all. Well, right. and that's great. So well, let's just keep sports where it is. Let's support sports stay where it is. Because I'm telling you, they have really ticked off a lot of people because of what they've done. And they don't need people don't even watch it. I called up somebody the other day that I know and do. He says, Oh, I'm watched. I said, Seriously? Do they, says, no, but they really I, they don't watch because of the fact they don't that some watch of the because they don't watch because not politics? only the players but the league. No, but the league taking the position they're taking, even on all this stuff, they're bringing in things outside of sports itself. Okay, and people are fed up. They don't want that. They just want to be entertained. Sports is entertainment for people. Yeah, that's true. 
Leave it, lead where it is. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, you want to do it great. I have no problem with people standing up for the things that they believe in and stand for, but let's leave it out of sports. So you're saying, in other words, you're okay with the players speaking their minds, provided it's not like on the court or like during a game or you're, Thank are you, you saying, yes, yes, okay. yes. So, what Muhammad, so for example, what Muhammad Ali did in the 60s and 70s, that was okay? Or are we like, is that a line or? I have no problem with him doing okay. it. He went out, he fought, he did stuff. He didn't get done with his fight and all of a sudden talk and talk about, you know, the things that he all was right. talking about away from the fight. Yeah, do it, do as much as you want, but just leave it alone. It didn't really hurt them. I mean, the ratings were pathetic. They, they were, were bad. I mean, absolutely horrible. I, no, I, I don't know why you, either, but that's... well, I'm telling you that this is a big reason why I'm telling you from firsthand knowledge of people I know who I know watched the game and did stuff who I called and said they didn't even watch. They're fed like up they're, with all of like it. Like they're that they're that turned off. Yes. At, at, that they're just like, I'd rather do something else. Yes. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. They don't that want to have it thrown in their face. They don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want to just leave, leave that stuff out of sports and and they'd be, everybody would be better off. I mean, just think about how many athletes over there with the two boycotts, you know, when they did stuff, two different boycotts that they had going on. The athletes who trained for the Olympics, trained for four years to represent their country and have a chance to be there and stand on that podium and have a medal around your neck, hopefully a gold medal. And that was taken away from them because of politics. Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> And inexcusable, seriously, inexcusable. Keep your damn politics to yourself, folks. And the same thing, Keel, do it. Keep it out of sports. It should just, because it's bad enough and, and crazy enough in and of itself, it doesn't have to go and infiltrate other things and screw them up too, like it's been doing with sports. What, what is your take on the NBA and the whole China thing? Because a lot of individuals in the NBA were criticized heavily for hypocrisy like refusing to speak out on democracy being taken away from individuals in Hong Kong, but players and coaches not voicing out because of the business interests of the NBA in China. What is your take on that? Well, I could see where they were afraid of doing it. Cause I mean, look what happened when the general manager of the, of the Rockets, what he did, right. you know, that that's cost, the start that of everything. That cost the NBA a freaking, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billion over a billion dollars, probably. Yeah, China ran for the first time in I think a year they broadcasted an NBA game. And I think it was like game three or four of the finals. It was the first time in a year. They blacklisted the NBA for a year because of that one tweet. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, but well, then it, it, the sad part about it is, is that the Chinese overreacted to that stuff. They should allow the people to have it. Obviously, they're, you know, they're a communist country and they just feel that you know, they want to control everything, but you can't control everybody. That's just it, it's unfortunate that they feel that way. I mean, what, what difference? Let them, hey, they can do what they want to do. We can't stop them from doing what they want to do. I mean, if they want to act in a certain way, whether we agree with or we don't agree with, that's their prerogative. But yeah. they shouldn't they shouldn't get all upset and stuff because somebody else disagrees with it and all. I mean, it's yes. the same situation that happens in life all the time. People should be entitled to their opinions about things, but don't overreact to it. And in fact, then actually by doing it, they actually deprived hundreds of millions of their own countrymen from what I just talked about just previously, to be entertained, to escape from things, to enjoy the sports and stuff. They took that away from them because somebody made a comment about something political that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Think how that just doesn't make it, it's It's so petty. Don't do it. I mean, seriously, 
I mean, just let it go. I mean, you know, the USA, just because somebody says that, it's not going to stop them from doing what they want to do. But, yeah. you know, don't deprive your citizens of a chance to watch a sport that they happen to love because there are more NBA basketball fans in China than there are people in the United States. That is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how, how the salary cap is affected from other lost revenue. I mean, there's a lot of so much revenue lost between that and then the pandemic. Well, I'll tell you one thing, though. I will. I, my hat goes off to, to, to the NBA and the, and, and the TV network and stuff for the way that they were able to present it and the way that they didn't yeah. put them in their bubble and did it. That was They did an incredible job to be able to have a competitive playoffs mm-hmm. and to do it in a way that did not impact somebody's life from a health standpoint. And the way that whoever the technicians were, and I haven't really – I've been trying to find somebody who was actually in the bubble to find out when the games were going on, did the players actually hear the kind of crowd noise that they had on TV? Because it really made it very realistic. Yes. It, it made, and they're doing that with football too. I hear they that crowd great, noise with football too. Well, well, crowd – that foot they're sticking some people in the stands in the football stadium. Some games. Now. Yeah, not all of them. But, yeah, they're, but, they're, a, still, yeah. but they're still feeding that, that crowd yeah, noise in for the team broadcast. I don't job. think they're great I don't think they're hearing it there. Because I, I remember a few weeks back, Bill Belichick was asked, what the difference is and he his one word response was how do you compare it and his response was practice it's like playing practice it's just there's no crowd you know there's no nobody in attendance i don't think they're they're hearing it there the music yes but i don't think they're feeding the crowd noise in into that but it was you're right it was it, it was a spectacle in a positive way it was, it was well, they a, did it they did it did it a, a really remarkable job and then having some of the people that they actually had video of who were kind of watching it when they were up on the screen but they actually weren't yeah. there i mean it was, <laughs> it was very it was it was exceptionally well done did they ask it, you it to really, be really to do was. that at any point to be a virtual fan were you ever asked no, no okay no, no. you had a lot of characters up there especially in the finals you had a lot of high profile individuals as as virtual fans we saw steph curry sitting there one game we saw presidents ex-presidents a lot of former players, celebrities. Yeah, but so no, credit, look- credit to them for doing that, and but they kind of screwed up on the other part, and that really hurt their it hurt their ratings with without question it hurt their. Ratings. You don't think and that the, the ratings? Well, I heard Jason. I heard Jason yeah. Whitlock. I heard Jason Whitlock say something. An interview with Jason Whitlock about it when he was on one of the shows talking about stuff and, and saying that, you know, it was a, that it wasn't a particularly great matchup that they could build it up and do something and everything. And, you know, certainly understand that, but it's not going to take it from the ratings that they've had previously down to 5 million something people. No, I'm telling you that the majority of the reason is, is because of the stance that they took. It pissed people off. It did. It really did. You don't think it has anything to do with uh, the fact that the Warriors weren't in it for the first time in six years? I'm trying to see, like the Warriors well, no, really I mean, encapsulated. On, had, yeah, I know, but they also had, but they had, they had, you know, LeBron and they had the Lakers and they had Davis and then, I mean, it, it was really good. And and, and to credit you know, Miami, Miami gave them, you know a hell of a battle and you, you saw some tremendous performances by Butler, and it turned out to be way better than I thought it was going to be. But the bottom line is, is that you can't just say that because it wasn't a great marquee matchup that that's the main re- that's one of the biggest reasons for not having those ratings because yeah, from- if you watch the games they were games were kind of fun some of them were very competitive down to the wire some really exciting ones it it, it just they don't want to own up to it but that had a big bearing on the ratings the other issue of 
bringing things into a sport that have no business being in sport. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'll go to my grave with that. Just do it. I mean, in fact, I, I know what the chiefs wasn't a, one of the, uh, the owner's son that was, I think was hunt who owned it. Right. One of his sons, listen, if you're playing for my team, you have to abide by the rules that we have. And if you want to do those other things, do it when you're away from your job. You don't use your job as a platform. And, and I think made people, it wasn't so much that the players speaking out. I mean, guys have the right to do that. But it was like the league put that forefront. And I think they made a tactical error. Yeah, the, the last dance documentary averaged, had nearly double the ratings that the NBA Finals did. Um, last year's NBA Finals between the Warriors and Raptors, Game six at 18.34 million viewers. So that's three times, I mean, three times, three times, many. over, over. Yeah. And over, then that's yeah. not even one of the best ones. I mean, in other years and stuff, they had as many as 30 million people. I think one of the things when Michael was around doing it, I mean, so three times less, if you can't blame three times less on the matchup, because it wasn't exactly like the Raptors were a big draw. But let me ask you this though, in baseball, for example, uh, their ratings are down 40% from last year. Hockey has a 61% drop in audience. NFL's lost 13%. I'm reading all these articles right now. But they're saying a part of the problem is that bars, which they do track ratings of, right. yeah. are, are closed. So you lost some viewers there. Um, some are saying that because of all the sports converging at once, it's, it's uh, diversifying the audience. And, and, that's, and that's part of it as well. But, but what, is, what you're is saying is true. Say, I mean, a lot of people are, are repeating what you're saying as well. A lot of people are saying, and you know, you have heuris, heuristic evidence from people you've spoken to that the politics are playing a part as well. I mean, it, it seems like it's just a lot of variables, but the ratings yeah, are down. No, no, yeah, no, there's a lot. All the things you just brought up are all elements to it and all contributed to it. But I do think that a large part of it is because of bringing the sport. And I just, I've always, I've always disliked that. I've always disliked involving sports and politics. It just shouldn't be that way. It really mm -hmm. shouldn't. And and this this has to go into politics, even though it has to do with, you know, personal feelings and uh, and, and individuals and things of that nature, which everybody has a right to. And, and, and there's a lot of stuff out there that needs to be corrected. Let's face it. Okay. But doing it and getting behind it through sports and when the sports are actually taking place, I don't think is the right way to do it. Sorry. Sorry there. Uh, were you against the messaging on the jerseys? Well, I think that had something to do with it as well. Okay. I mean, if you want to do that, that's let the players do that afterwards. Talk when they do their interviews, when the games are over and it's not on television and stuff, and you're going to talk to a reporter and you want to bring up something, you're entitled to do that. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, I hear but your I argument. I, I, I hear your argument. I mean, your, your, base, your argument basically is that sports is an escapism because of the entertainment value of it. Right. That people don't want real world elements clashing and being brought in when all people Thank want you. to do is escape. Yeah, I hear don't you. interject. Don't I hear interject you. that into it. Don't, don't let the people enjoy it for what it is. It's entertainment. It's escapism. It's entertainment. So anyway, hey, now they may have learned a lesson from it. Who knows? But the bottom line <laughs> is, is that uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. That's <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. But a congratulations to him for doing a remarkable job of actually it making it happen. It and was providing an environment that was, you know, safe for the players and not, not that any of them would have ever died if they had gotten the, the virus. Some of them did get it and nothing happened because we do know that the, when you're young and doing stuff, it's just basically like, you know, getting the flu. I mean, like a nasty flu. Yeah. So one of my, one of my best friends in the world got this thing. We just spoke a few days ago, him and his wife got it at the exact same time. 
He's 43. Um, his wife has no conditions whatsoever. He is asthmatic. Um, the way he described it to me is, uh, he said when he gets the flu, there's like two or three days where he feels really miserable. Like his whole body hurts and, uh, his fever is just spiked. This lasted two weeks. Yeah. And, and he said he, he went through all his asthma medication and, and he had just enough. So that prevented his, a visit to the hospital. His wife suffered for three weeks and is two months later still suffering from hair loss. It, I feel like it just, it affects everyone differently. Of course. Um, yeah. You're right. In terms of mortality, you're right. Like the young people are for the most part, overwhelmingly are not dying from this thing. This is affecting mostly seniors and those with like your diabetics, the obese seem to be suffering greatly from this. Um, and it just comes down to comfort, right? I mean, are you comfortable enough to go out in this world and being exposed to it? And I, I, I mean, I do like the fact that if you get it, I guess you're immune for a long time, supposedly. Um, I'm doing everything I can to not get it. I'm still freaked out. I give you so much respect for the courage you have to go travel the world and do all your trips despite this thing being out there. Um, it just sucks. I want a vaccine, man. I'm just, uh, fuck, I just want this vaccine. Well, I, hey, a lot of people still get the flu when they take the vaccine. I mean, it's just everybody's a different individual. You, yeah. just, you just don't know. And you just have to hope that, you know, whatever good Lord has in store for you, I mean, that's what's going to happen. And you just don't do stupid things and you try to, you try to adhere to something. But then again, every time you turn around, something different. I mean, now they're just coming out with saying the whole big thing here now that 80-something percent of the people wore masks and they, and they still got COVID. So how much did the mask really help them? I mean, it's so, I mean, they keep changing everything all the time. Yeah. Because this is an unknown. The new data comes in. Then they come out with new things. And what happened, what they didn't put anything on is they didn't put any credence on the effects of the lockdowns having on people that have caused even sometimes more serious issues and problems with people. I just had somebody told me the other day that somebody had, there were twins that were there and they got so depressed about something and everything that committed suicide. I oh mean, shit. The depression and the, and yeah. everything that's happening for people and, yeah. and, the, and the spousal abuse and stuff that's taking yes. place. I mean, there's so many things going on because of the lockdown. So are you better? And the lockdowns aren't necessarily preventing, you know, some of these other people from getting it and they're wearing their mask and everything. So some other places, look at some of the other countries that didn't do it and didn't have these lockdowns and stuff. And they're doing a hell of a lot better than the United States is doing. Like where? Like, oh, like Sweden, Sweden, they did, Sweden, but they, they're not better. They're, they, they're, their casualty rate was actually really high. Well, there's um, another place that they were doing. I was reading today. So I'm just saying there's just so many unknowns with this. So let's just hope yes, that we are. can get it worked out. And everybody's got to make up their own mind how they want to deal with it. Yes. And deal with it the way you want to deal with it. And the same way, like in everything, don't try to force let's say somebody. Don't try to force your religion on somebody. Don't try to force your feelings about COVID on somebody else. Do what you <laughs> feel you have to do. If somebody else doesn't want to you know, do it, do it another way, let them do it. Just you know, mind your own damn business and just take care of yourself. I think the one certainty is that no one's winning in this. This is just a miserable experience. It really is, man. We need yeah. this vaccine. I don't see any, any other way out in terms of normalcy coming back. Is uh, Let's just pray for this vaccine to come soon. Uh, well, I guess we'll, uh, one good news about our podcast is that as the off-season starts to wane and as the next season starts to approach for the first time since we launched this thing, we're actually going to be talking about a relevant team, a championship contending team. We started this thing right when the Warriors decided to take a gap year. Yeah, well, they went from, <laughs> the, went from, the, went from the penthouse to the outhouse. 
<laughs> so, so they're going to be back in relevancy next year, and hopefully our podcast will benefit from that. Rick, it's always a pleasure. So are you still doing a, a, what is that website where people can can pay you to send video messages to them? What is it called? Uh, Cameo? Cameo, Cameo. Yeah, they go to Cameo. I just did another one just yesterday. It was it's, 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 it's fun. I'm happy to do it. And the other thing I'll just say, I'm actually going in, I think on Sunday, uh, you can check it out and just Google it and stuff. They're going to have the New Jersey Hall of Fame, not the Sports Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. New Jersey Hall of Fame for all people. And I saw some of the people that are on that list that I have the, the honor of being inducted on a virtual induction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albert, I could throw out names that you wouldn't even believe. Albert Einstein. Wow. Frank, Frank Sinatra. I mean, and you're joining that list. Uh, yeah. I mean, congratulations. So it's, wow. It's, it's, I mean, the list, it blew me away. When I looked at the list of people who, Lou Abbott and Costello, uh, of course, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi, uh, but there's so many people that were so illustrious and so amazing. Thomas Edison, I mean, just wow. it's crazy. I, it, yeah, it, it, you, should ch- you should check it out sometime and see the people in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. And uh, now I'm going to have the honor of being in there. And the, the irony of it is, is that my neighbor, when I first moved to Colorado Springs, uh-huh. was was uh who wound up becoming a general and was the head of fort fort carson and then he became actually he was the former one of the former ch- chairman joint ch- chairmans of the joint chiefs of staff general marty dempsey and we're going in together and he was my neighbor so i kind of joked about it and said well that's liable to be a good answer to a trivia question who are the only two members you know only two members in the new jersey hall of fame who were actually neighbors at one time in the same city <laughs> Is your old is your old NBA pal and and New Jersey Senator Bill Bradley? Bill Bradley is in there. Is he part of it? Okay. Yeah, Bill Bradley is part of it. So I mean, yeah, this I'm telling you, it's uh, it's quite an impressive list of uh, of uh, people from all different walks of life that are in there. I was, uh, you know, I said they told me you did it, and when I looked it up, it's just oh my god, (laughs) it's just like there's a lot of people in here that are some really amazing people. Yeah, wow. Anyway, so listen. Yeah. Stay well, everybody out there. Hopefully we will get back to uh, some sense of normalcy. And, Let's hope uh, so. And, Let's hope and, so. And uh, hopefully next season we'll be able to get some fans back in the stands again and the Warriors will be back in contention and we'll have some more interesting things to talk about. And if something yeah. exciting happens and stuff, I guess uh, Cyrus and I will pop back on again. And Yeah, we'll and try to book some, I'll try to book some guests it. for us soon in the meantime, some interesting individuals we can bring on the show. And, and you can follow Rick Barry on social media on all platforms at Rick24Barry. You can follow me on Twitter at DocSurfRoadShow and you can follow the show on Twitter at Warriors 24 Pod. Rick, always a pleasure, sir. All righty, take care, stay well, God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.